0: Before Thanksgiving and before Hanukkah, I talked about how Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and Passover celebrate the same thing, which is getting out of control, government under control. This week what I want to talk about is specifically Thanksgiving and gratitude. I had a very sad event happen. Salvation Army got themselves a division that is devoted to white shaming. They have said, everybody who was white ought to apologize to somebody during this time of repentance. And I very sadly sent them a letter saying, I've supported you guys for 50 years, and you've done a lot of good in the name of Christ, but I can't go with this. Please take me off your list. And my argument with them was theological, not political the problem with this white shaming movement is it inverts scripture what it does is it takes things that God calls blessings and asks you to be ashamed of them So if you look at for example Deuteronomy 28 one of the things that God promises to those who love him and follow his commandments is victory and one of the things that we're being shamed about is having conquered the place. He also promises stable families. He also promises generational wealth which is to say that you will gain wealth by blessings from me and you'll pass that on to your children. He also promises consistent standards. This is my Torah. These are the standards I expect you to follow they're consistent, they're well known. And all of this white shame movement takes all of those things and turns them around and says you should feel guilty for those. And what it then does is it takes what's basically nothing but greed and elevates that to the status of something that you should aspire to. So all the isms, communism, socialism, Nazism, whatever ism I've missed, all of those are just greed all dressed up. So what they do is they have all these very erudite-sounding phrases, and they try and convince you that greed, either greed for other people's stuff or greed for power, either one, are in fact salutary. God says, thou shalt not covet. So what you have is a complete reversal of what God says. You should be ashamed of your blessings and you should elevate covetousness. That's why I broke with the Salvation Army. Not for any other reason. They've done a lot of good. and It, it made me very sad because, as I said, I've donated to them for 50 years. And the church has this same problem. I was down in Texas visiting number two son, who has just moved down to Texas from Washington. And we were driving in the car, and we were talking about theology. And he says, what's really interesting is the church says things are sinful that God says are not, and says things that are not sinful that God says are. And the example he used was polygamy and homosexuality. And don't get me wrong. I think polygamy is a bad idea, but it is not a sin. God doesn't tell you how to manage what he forbids. And just so we're very clear, as a matter of halaha, we don't permit polygamous families in the congregation because it's just too much trouble. But it's not sinful. Yet on the other side, God absolutely condemns all forms of sexual deviancy. But the church has flipped those things. Just like the Salvation Army has flipped those things. So the church is the problem. We have an inversion of Scripture. And Yeshua actually has something to say about that. He's channeling Isaiah. But for those of you who are in Tuesday night Bible study, we've been in Ezekiel, and Ezekiel says the same thing in different ways, as does Jeremiah. So this is consistent throughout Scripture, and I'll read it from Yeshua. Mark 7, 6. And he said to them, well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me in vain do they worship me teaching as doctrines the commandments of men you leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men and as I say, we've been talking about it in Ezekiel Ezekiel is prophesying to the exiles in Babylon and one of the problems is they don't understand why they're there I mean They were worshiping God, they were doing the temple stuff, they were doing sacrifices, they were doing all this stuff. How come we're here? And what Ezekiel explains to them is because of this very thing. What you've done is you've substituted your own commandments for the commandments of God, and you have inverted scripture. And that's what the church has done, and of course the Salvation Army is just following suit. So the idea then that the things that God calls blessings you should be ashamed of and the things that God forbids, which is covetousness, you should embrace. I'm telling you what happens then is in Yeshua's own words, or Isaiah's words actually, in vain do they worship. Their worship becomes vain. And that's what happened to the exiles in Babylon. They were doing the temple stuff, but it was vain worship because they had inverted stuff. And God was not fooled. And that's what we're dealing with here, and that's why we're in the mess that we're in. Now, there's an antidote. And the antidote is thankfulness, gratitude. It becomes very clear throughout Scripture that abundance is the most severe test there is. When things are going badly, you're sick, you're poor, you don't have a job, your car broke down and your dog left, all that kind of stuff, it's really easy to focus on God because you got nothing and you're looking to Him and you're asking for help. But when things are going really well, It's very easy to sort of neglect God. And one of our problems in the West, Western Europe, America, Canada, Australia, all those places, is we have got such abundance. And that's a really hard test. Now, don't get me wrong. God motivates us with abundance. He motivates us with blessing. So he says in Deuteronomy, if you do these things that I've asked you to do, look at what's going to happen to you. You're going to be victorious. Your enemies are going to flee from you. You're not going to be in debt. You're going to have stable families. Your flocks and herds will increase. All of this wonderful stuff will happen to you if you follow my commandments. So what he tells you by way of motivation is do this and you'll get blessed. So the idea that blessings and prosperity are somehow something bad is not correct. But they are dangerous. They are very dangerous. And what we're seeing, just as we have seen in Scripture, through the prophets and through the history, Israel gets blessed and everything is going well and they've got lots of abundance and they start looking around and they start looking for a better deal from pagan gods and and things then go downhill. And they wind up in Babylon or Assyria or someplace like that. So the case studies in the Bible all show that abundance is dangerous. And the antidote to that is gratitude. And I'll give you a scripture here. In Deuteronomy 8, you have this list of all the things that God has done. And then down to verse 17. Beware, lest you say in your heart... My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. In other words, when you start to take credit for the blessings that you have, you're in dangerous territory. Now, the other thing that I will say very clearly is ambition is not covetousness. So you want to start a company. You want to get a job. You want to work hard. You want to accumulate wealth. You want to start a family. All those kinds of things Assuming that you are doing them yourself, there's no sin there. Being ambitious is not sinful. What is sinful is covetousness, which is, you folks have got more than we have, that's wrong, give us your stuff. That's Black Lives Matter in 25 words or less. It's an excuse to loot. And as I say, it's greed. In a party dress, all dressed up and trying to look respectable. So the distinction there, the two different words are spelled differently so you can tell the difference. Greed and ambition are not the same thing. Now, ambition gone astray can lead to greed. There's a possibility of getting it screwed up. Just like God gave you sexuality, and that's healthy, and it was a gift of God, but we all know that that can go astray very rapidly. So everything in this world can go astray. But it's important that you understand the difference. So, we've been talking about Musar, and one of the things that we talk about in Musar over and over again is behavior shapes character. Which is to say, if you want your character to be strengthened in any area, what you do is you start behaving as you want your character to be, and over a period of time, your character will catch up. Musar 101. So, if you want to be grateful, and if you want gratitude to serve as a shield against the possible pathologies of abundance, what you need to do is you need to practice gratitude. And there's a Hebrew word for it, ha hatov, which means look for the good. One of the things that we're all really good at is when things go wrong, we can really get grumpy. In the Musar book, there's some examples. Say you just piled up your car, but you walked away from it. Be thankful. Say you just lost your job, but you got a cupboard full of food, and you've got an interview. Be thankful. So in every situation, if you look for the good, you can find something to be thankful for. And if you make that a habit, what then happens over a period of time is your gratitude becomes inbred. It becomes inside of you. It becomes part of you. And that's what you want. Because as I say, gratitude is the specific antidote to greed. And greed is the thing that is fueling all of these movements that we see washing through the country right now. And it can be greed for stuff, or it can be greed for power. doesn't matter. So as you go through your life, look at everything and say, what is there here that I can be grateful for? And practice saying that. Now, one other thing. My argument with the Salvation Army and everything else in these things is theological. It is not practical. What you'll be accused of is saying, well, the reason you don't do that is because you're just greedy and want to keep your own stuff. Keeping your own stuff is not greedy. Now, Scripture commands generosity. Generosity is a good thing you want to be generous responding to blackmail is not generosity so if somebody is trying to guilt you into giving something what you're doing is you're responding to emotional blackmail that is not generosity what you're trying to do is buy somebody off and get them off your back That's not generosity generosity is commanded generosity is a good thing generosity shapes your character generosity is something that god wants you to be because god himself is generous and he wants you to be like him as much as we can so giving freely is a good thing giving in response to blackmail and coercion is not the same thing different thing entirely In both cases, you're separated from your stuff, but in one case, it's a source of joy, and in the other case, it's a source of anger. You don't want that. The other thing is God absolutely commands that you treat people justly. Now, one of the things that is floating around our country right now is hyphenated justice. Social justice, environmental justice, whatever—any hyphenated justice is nothing more than excuse for greed. God commands justice. Absolutely, it's one of the big deals in the Torah. But God demands justice according to the standards that He writes down. So when somebody tells you this is not just, what you do is you look them square between the eyes and you say, "By what standard?" What is the standard that you are using to claim that this, that, or the other thing is unjust? And what the standard always boils down to is some kind of greed. I want your stuff. I want control over you. I want something. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to guilt you into it by using this hyphenated justice. So generosity and justice are commanded by God. God gives you standards as to what generosity is and what justice is. Man's hyphenated standards on either one of those cases is just a violation of the Tenth Commandment. Now, people are really clever. They're really good with words. And so they figure if you write it in a thesis and a book this big, it will be believable. Okay, we have whole industries designed to churn this stuff out. You all know Keynesianism, the idea that government spending creates prosperity. John Maynard Keynes was an economist, sort of, and he wrote this book. And it's a big book, and lots of people buy it, and lots of people believe it. And Frederick Hayek read the book and said, this is nonsense. But he read the whole book in order to figure that out. And that's the problem with all of this. What you'll get is studies show, and and that's liberal speak for a Bible thumper saying, Scripture says it's the same mechanism. People are religious. We are. We all are. And we will use that impulse, but many of us will not use it in service of God. And that's what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with a religious movement, which is not in service of God. And in the case of the Salvation Army, what they're doing is they are dressing it up in God's which is why I separated from them. The problem is not giving. I mean, I've been giving to the Salvation Army for years, cheerfully giving to them because I thought they did really good work. And they do. They still do. But... This theological inversion, I just couldn't go along with. So as you're going through your life and people are giving you these things as hyphenated justice, whatever it is, stop and think, what is the standard we're using here? Show me your standard. Why do you say this is unjust? And if I can see why this is unjust according to Scripture, boy, I'm right there with you. Because God commands justice. If what I see, however, is this is simply greed dressed up in a three-piece suit, then sorry I'm not with you. Character, generosity, gratitude, those are all things that God wants us to have. And the way to have them is to practice them. Get used to seeing things to be grateful for in every situation. And you won't see it at first, but if you make it, okay, what can I see in this situation that I can be thankful for? And you do that consistently, then it will start to be part of your character. And that's what you want. You don't want to have to force it. But initially you will, because we're wired to be pessimistic. Everybody can see a downside to everything. We're just really good at that. And so training yourself to see something to be grateful for is something you ought to do. Similarly, training yourself to be generous is something you ought to do. Similarly, training yourself to be just is something you ought to do. Those are all things that are good. God says so. But having somebody feed it to you back end first with a pitchfork, you've missed the point. Because unfortunately, sadly, unfortunately it's not a kosher word, there's no such thing as fortune. Sadly, the church has in many cases substituted the commandments of men for the teaching of God. And they have in many cases made their worship vain. It saddens me greatly, but that's where a lot of the West is right now. And because the church has done this, people then become vulnerable to this hyphenated guilting because the church isn't teaching them what's right. That's what makes us vulnerable to all this nonsense. Go back to the book. Read the book. See what the book says about whatever you're being fed. And if the book agrees, by all means, get in there. But most often you'll find that the book does not agree. And then don't feel guilty and don't give in to extortion.